Welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Recruitment Startup Subject, a podcast fixated on understanding the questions around what it takes to launch and run your own recruitment agency. Now, within this series, we're talking to entrepreneurial recruiters who have started their own agencies. As really, we look to understand what really finally made them make the leap, focusing on everything from the practicalities and the journey that they've been on to the challenges that they face hurdles that they have to overcome and kind of the journey that they've been on from inception to wherever they may be right now really in the hope of understanding a more about them and kind of their unique journey and b giving recruiters out there who might just might be listening to this today toying with the idea of starting their own agency and insight into what it really takes to start run and potentially scale your own agency in today's market today we're joined by Simon Monaghan, who is the founder of Odd Shoes, a recruitment startup taking the UK market or the UK tech market from just across the English Channel in lovely old France. I've wanted to get Simon on the podcast for a long time, and I think the next hour or so will really show you why this is an honest, unfiltered, sincere, and humble account about what it really takes and what it kind of means to start running and grow in the way that Simon so clearly has your own recruitment agency. I mean, Simon, for me, encapsulates a theme, a theme that I've been fortunate enough to see so many times over the years, for good reason, and that is that the most successful recruitment startups are those that put the people they're dealing with at the very forefront of what they do. The startups are able to toe the line between being self-aware of their own value, but not egocentric. You know, the startups that know what they want, the culture that they want to create, and constantly ensure that the why around why they took the leap in the first place is at the very forefront of everything that they do, whether that's an interaction with a client, dealing with a particular candidate, engaging on social media, or even talking to kind of third-party suppliers or even partners. It all comes from that foundation as to genuinely keeping at the forefront the understanding of why you want to do what you're looking to do, which I know sounds cliche, but I'm sure in the next hour or so, listen to someone other than me waffle on, Simon, you'll understand why which i know sounds kind of a little woolly but i think this episode will show you why that's such an effective trait when you're starting out running your own agency so please obviously enjoy this episode i certainly enjoyed recording it be sure to stick with it until the very end where we've got some very honest truths about a couple of things so enjoy so simon you okay yeah i'm good thanks you yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So when's this? It's the end of January then. So how's your, your start of the year been? Well, um, it's been cracking to be honest with you. I mean, I think I think of uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you know what it's like in recruitment, don't you? You, you know, like um, when do you end your year? Obviously, you know, you have carryover from the year before, don't you? So yeah. I had I had some placements that carried over and I've added a number of other placements since as well so i've started the year on like uh, up to now anyway uh on like 71 grand already um just you know so so it's a good start to the year basically yeah yeah I think was, was, was that kind of similar to, to obviously i know each year in the last couple of years has been particularly unique but what was last year similar in terms of the numbers when you were coming out of the I, I carried I carried over about 25 30 from the year before my first year um so this year is even much much better um which yeah I'm very feeling very confident about the year now um, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. and obviously yeah. for, 
Yeah, for, for people that, that don't know you, I guess obviously odd shoes then. So how long have you been been running your own agency? And I guess how long has that been going then? Um, I started Odd Shoes, um, well, yeah, no, I started Odd Shoes, it was January 2020, uh, or February, well, officially February, January officially, but <laughs> paperwork January, actually sitting down at a desk in a shared office and doing doing it was, was probably mid-February, um, so yeah, nearly two years now. No, I mean, obviously, I know that's a, that's, a, that's a particularly interesting time to have started, joking aside, obviously, and I guess the, the last two years, yeah. how generally has it gone? Obviously, we'll, we'll dive into it, but I guess how, how have the last two years gone in general for you? Um, it, it's gone really well. I mean, like, I can't really... I didn't have any expectations going in. As with everything in my life, it's an impulsive decision at the right time. And um, I didn't think to, once I've made the decision to do it, I didn't really analyze it too much. I just, like, I'm, I'm all in, you know, and uh, so I did it. And I just knew that I could deal with whatever situation came up off the back of it. So I just trusted trusted myself, took the risk, and, and it's, it's, it's gone well. It's gone exactly what it, I mean, obviously, COVID came in, didn't it? And yeah. um, you know, I set a target, I think, of 110 in year one, which, you know, was was conservative. And I actually hoped that I'd do probably closer to 150, but then COVID struck. So I got out of the year with like 95 and 96 grand. And I, 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 I was able to live, um, you know, I know people... And and I guess I guess the fact that it started in COVID and it was such a struggle, it's kind of made me. Uh, it's it threw me right in at the deep end. Yeah. I mean, it's not. You know, it wasn't just COVID, was it? You know, we had Brexit. Um, I moved to France in March and uh, basically live in France. So I moved to a new country, new language, new culture. Had to deal with how to do accounting across two different countries. You had Brexit to deal with. I had to learn how to run a business first and then yep. learn how to really run a business, <laughs> which which obviously we'll get into probably later. Yeah. But um, And then learn how to build a brand, learn how to time, time manage, learn how to prioritise. All of that while trying to learn the language, which I'm still not great with. Um, and, and, you know, so all things considered, um, it's gone as well as it possibly could. And then last year, I knew it would be much, much better. I dropped a few clients um, that I, I looked at, because I'm big into my stats and big into marginal gains. So I look at every single stat. What are my ratios? How many CVs? What's my average average uh, time to hire? What's, what's, you know, how, how, what's my average fee with that client? You know, how many roles am I working? Is it worth it? So I had to drop a couple of clients last year, which which made me sad because I liked them. There was nothing wrong with them. But I just, you know, when you're on your own, you've got to be efficient with your time, haven't you? And you've got, you've got, do, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got to get as much bang for your buck as possible. So I had to drop a couple of clients so I could make room for one more big one. Yeah. So now I've, I'm just about to sign terms with the fifth one, um, which is probably me at capacity, I think, 50, 55 roles a year, hopefully 40 placements a year. Then what are you doing, yeah. And, and those margins, kind of, were they consistent in your employed life as well, or have they kind of got better during the last well, much, much better. I think when you start to understand your own value as a recruiter, 
you're not you're not scared of negotiating your fees. And I had I had I worked it out earlier on. I had nine discovery calls for new clients last year. I turned eight of them down because they either didn't want to pay the fees that I felt I was worth, or they they didn't want to buy into working in a way that that helps me to help them. They wanted to just they just wanted another bum on seat, you know, someone to throw CVs at a wall, and that's just not me. So um, I only took on one client last year, and that client is now, um, you know, it's one of my best clients, and you know they, they've got another sixteen developer roles that they're about to throw at me. So it was the right decision. Yeah, well, I think it's being selective, isn't it? And I guess that's that's part of the autonomy that you get with naturally making that transition from that employed environment to obviously doing it for yourself. And I guess if you if you cast your mind back to, to pre-starting of shoes, I guess what what were the main motivators for you to want to explore doing? Obviously, you say you're quite a, a kind of a rational individual in some ways, but when it feels right, it feels right. I mean, how long have you been thinking about the idea before you actually did it? So if you remember, Max, um, you were the first person I spoke to um, when you worked at your previous company about potentially starting a business. But if I'm really honest with you and myself, I was nowhere near ready um, then. I think it was just an ego thing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. But not really, really with any conviction behind it. But I guess it it was the first little trickle of of thought in my head that maybe made me feel like I could do it. Um, And then, and then, yeah, so obviously all my life, you know, um, in everything that I've done, I've I've wanted to make a big impact. Um, I've wanted to do something that, that, like, I'm always feeling like I've got to prove myself because, you know, when I grew up, I had no dad, no money, rough council estate all of those elements, you know, getting expelled from school at 15, everyone would look at that and go, he's not going to do nothing with his life. So I've always felt I've had something to prove and I want to do something exceptional. So I started club nights, I was running club nights in Manchester. I was in a band, you know, trying to make it that way. I I wanted some way of of, 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 um, getting, expressing myself in the world, I, I guess. Um, so I choose just became that, um, you know, naturally, like it got to a point, you know, where I felt right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in a band at my age. You know, that that's probably done. I'm not into the club scene anymore. You know, what else, what else can I do with my life? Like, um, and obviously I got into recruitment and then it was like, I started to see these, these areas of recruitment that people the things that people are doing really badly and I started to understand where I could do better. And then I was working at my last company, you know, breaking records left, right and centre for them. They were a good company to work for, but I found that I was having to ask a lot of, ask a lot of permission all the time. Like I wanted to take on a piece of software, you know, and six months later, they'd still be discussing it. And I'm like, that's that's cost me money you know that marginal gain of that 30 minutes a day that I could have saved six months ago if I work that out that probably cost me 20 grand that this year you know from you from you gesticulating so it was it was kind of that and then I met my missus uh, my my current girlfriend uh, or fiance now um, in Amsterdam on a works party to celebrate you know the 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 record that i just broken and whatnot and um yeah she she was just really inspiring she's got two daughters she's like 33 she's 
she dragged herself up like I did, you know, a bad, bad family, not a bad family, but, you know, a challenging family, put it that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she built an architectural practice from scratch herself, put herself for a university, actually taught at university in Geneva, all while being a mum to two beautiful girls who were really well brought up. Yeah. And I was just like, that's so inspiring. Like, yeah, I want to do that. In no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so obviously, so, so you guys meet, obviously, was that when you started kind of tentatively talking about the idea of doing something for yourself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I was, I was looking at what she was doing and I was feeling inspired and it just, you know, when someone inspires you in that way, it just makes you want to be better and, and do better. And I wanted to do something that would make me feel proud when I look at myself in the mirror, but also her and the girls feel proud as well. You know, I'm I'm a, a beau papa, which is like a stepdad in France. And I wanted to be the best beau papa I could, you know, yeah. and, and I wanted them to look at what I do and, and feel proud who the dad is and what he does and how he helps people. So yeah, that was kind of it. And then obviously, you know, it's it, it, that's when it started, yeah. And and how long have you been? How long had you been in recruitment before you, you started? Then so professionally, obviously the timing. I'm sure you felt ready for yeah. a period of time prior to that. But but yeah, how long have you been in it? Then? I think around eight eight years, maybe eight and a half. Yeah, I was and, in and sales you, a lot before that. Yeah, and and had you felt professionally ready for quite a long time before you did it? All eight oh. years. Yeah. So yeah. Right, fine, yeah. I moved. I moved to the south. I moved from Manchester to the south of England and. Um, I got a luckily got a job with a, a small agency, um, like five people, really nice people. You know, they gave me the freedom to do the job that I wanted to do and do recruitment how I felt it should be done to a certain degree. Obviously, you're employed, so you still got to toe the line sometimes. But they gave me a lot of freedom. You know, they gave me support. They never told me what to do. They just, they just, you know, we asked, we had meetings every week where we just discuss like ideas and you know most of the time I used them as a sounding board and then implemented what I wanted to implement but it was very rudimentary compared to now like what the ideas I've had now um and I just I got to a point where like I, I smashed my personal best with them I was enjoying working for them but I just, obviously like meeting Angelique my my missus and all of that sort of stuff was swirling around in my head and I was like, why can't I set a business up for myself? What, what's stopping me? Like, really, what is stopping me? Like, I mean, just on that, I mean, what, what had stopped you when it had kind of come into your head prior to, to when, it, when it did officially, if that makes sense? I just wasn't ready. I, I didn't, yeah. I, think, I think I needed that one massive year of success and I needed to feel like, because... My first, my first job in recruitment, um, Evolution, like they're a company up in, in the north. And, you know, I learned a lot there. Um, they're a good agency, but they're a big agency, you know, and big agencies have certain ways of doing things and small agencies don't work in the same way and kind of, but I learned a lot and I had, had some, some good years, but not, nothing, nothing like groundbreaking or anything. I wasn't an amazing recruiter. Then I, then I bounced around a couple of jobs. I had some really bad jobs for like six months here, six months there. And it really knocked my confidence about 
am I actually good at recruitment? I'd always been used to being a great salesperson in every job, always the top biller and all of that. And then I, I got into I got into these companies and like there was a woman who bullied me in one of them, like horrible woman. And it just knocked my confidence. And then I went to Mexa, and it, which is the company that I was working for. And yeah. They, yeah. they just gave me everything I needed to, to, to do, to, to, to kind of, they built my confidence up. I told them, I was honest with them. I said, look, I feel like I've got the, 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 the right framework to be a great recruiter. I just need support. I don't need someone who tells me what to do. I've got ideas and I want to implement them, but I just need someone who's going to give me the legs to be able to do it. Yeah, and they did. To be fair, they did. You know, um, they, they were good to work for, and, and you know, and I think, part, it, it, yeah, yeah, I think part of that is obviously because, yeah, we do see it quite a lot in terms of when when individuals are at relatively large corporates, like your interactions, like your hazes, like your reads, and then they make that transition to a slightly smaller kind of boutique feel of an agency, Mexa being the one for yourself. It, it does kind of act as a, a little bit of a catalyst as to kind of the dynamics that you feel that, oh, well I, well, I could implement the things that I've been implementing here, but for myself, and I'm sure that period of time absolutely kind of accelerated your thoughts anyway. Yeah, and then and then once I've done that big year, which was like 261, I think it was, and, you know, that was my record, and I was like, yeah, I was I was thinking about it and it wasn't all about money, but money was a factor. And I thought at the time I wrongly thought to myself, well, if I've earned this doing yeah. that, imagine if I did that for myself, I'd earn even more, which isn't the case, uh, actually. <laughs> not in the early but, days, no, no. But I, I not in the early days, but but you know, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but you you do absolutely. You have to kind of go a couple of steps back to go. Hopefully, the five steps forward. And you start something for yourself. And I guess, do, do you feel that you were kind of personally prepared for? I don't want to catastrophize it, but the, the sacrifices that one has to make when they start something for themselves. If you look back at yourself in twenty twenty, do you feel like you were kind of ready for the challenge? If that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be really honest about this. Um, I didn't really have to make many sacrifices, if I'm honest. Um, I've never been the type of person to work like you know. You get these grind grinders on 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 LinkedIn up at five. I, I am up at early every day, but I'm not in the office at five. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I, you know, work life balance is important. I work an average of 36, 37 hours maximum. You know, and life is it I want to enjoy my life I want to enjoy my family you know and so so I didn't really make a lot of sacrifices the major sacrifice was the uncertainty and risk yep. I guess um you know of, of not being employed for the first time in my life when it's all I've known you know that 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 was the sacrifice um you know the cushy the cushy safety net of of, of knowing you were going to get paid yeah um, how did you deal with that well, once once you once I've done it, like it was, it was kind of you know sink or swim, sink or swim, isn't it? You, you kind of, I think you find out a lot a lot about yourself in those situations, and it was a massive risk. It was scary because COVID happened, and I was like, "What's going to happen?" But then, luckily, I, I'd had all these years of sales experience, and I just lent on on all of that experience and confidence that I'd built, and you know even found new clients in, in a pandemic, you know, when no one's hiring, you know, it's, you just, you just, 
I found a way. That's it. It's simple as I just found a way because I'm not the type of person who likes failure at all. And um, it'd, be, it'd be the worst. It'd be the worst thing in the world starting a business from scratch and it failing and then going back to being employed. Like so, once I made that decision, it was like I've got to make it work. It's as simple as that. I've got to work. Yeah, and I, do and I think make, make it work. Yeah, and I'm sure obviously going through it yourself over the last couple of years, that that is such an important thing, isn't it? It's mentally, it's, it's being rational with the sense that obviously being aware of the concerns and being aware of the challenges that come your way. And that's all to do with how entrepreneurship is marketed and obviously making sure you do your research and all those types of things. But equally, understanding that ultimately there, there is a, a level of, of kind of sacrifice that you have to make that if you're going to make that leap, it is incredibly hard to go back for some people to do that employee world because of the the freedoms that it's given you. And I guess the, the vehicle of Odd Shoes over the last couple of years, I mean, has it has it given you anything that you were surprised about? So obviously you expected the, the freedom, the autonomy and all those types of things. Has, has it given you anything else that you perhaps didn't think it would? Um, it's, a tough, it's a tough one, really. I mean... I was I was surprised how easy it actually was compared to what I expected it to be like. Yeah. Um, that was the biggest surprise because you know the, I mean I'm sure we're going to talk about it anyway. But I I, I used a, a company to help me set the business up initially. Yeah. And you know they they obviously made it sound like they were doing so much for, 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 for me, like that I couldn't possibly do that on my own. And then once I've had six months in, in doing it, I was like, it's nowhere near as difficult as it, it was made out to be. You know, uh, I didn't necessarily need I didn't necessarily need them, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't need them. I needed them at the time. But I guess I guess it just yeah I mean that's the biggest surprise isn't it It was just yeah. a lot easier than I expected. Yeah, that, of course, and I think do, do you reckon that's because some people it's, it's two different types of people, isn't it? In terms of sometimes it's because entrepreneurship is marketed as this incredibly easy thing, and therefore people go into it thinking it's easier than it actually turns out to be. And then for others like yourself, for example, it, it potentially is marketed in a slightly trickier way, and actually it proves to be kind of easier. I'm not saying it is easy because I'm sure the last couple of years have been challenging for its own kind of yeah. different reasons. But I guess in terms of how, I mean, obviously you've lived and breathed it for the last couple of years, entrepreneurship in general and starting your own recruiting business, for example, do you think it's marketed in the right way? Um, so companies like you, have, I, I admire and, um, you know, honestly, I wish that uh, I would have started, if I was going to start the business with someone, it would have been yourselves because you paint the right picture, I think. But, you know, um, the, the company that I went with, like, they, they, they painted this picture of, like, how difficult it will be to set up a business without someone like them, but how easy it will be because of them. Um, they'll handle everything, they'll fund everything, and you literally just need to turn up and recruit. That's all you need to do. But the reality isn't that at all. You don't just yes. sit. I, honestly, like, I, 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 I probably spend 70% of my day yep. on actual core recruitment stuff. 
this yeah. is thirty percent of every day, and probably one day every two to three weeks that I take out just to work on the business. Because when you when you've got a business, you, you don't just want to. It's not about just making money. It's about building something that matters. And yeah. how how can I build something special that's that's going to do something different in the market than every other agency out there? Yeah. You know, and and like that's that's not what they tell you. You know. You, yeah, no, 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 I think it's an important point in terms of like there, there's there's a there's a very obvious angle of these things whereby you, you're working in the business absolutely, but you also do have to work on the business. And that is a dis, that's a distinction when you're working for someone else as opposed to when you're working for yourself. Because when you are working for someone else, your core responsibility is essentially to to build and to generate and to build that that for whoever you might be working for. And you have great admiration for them, and it's absolutely fine. When you do make that transition. To work with yourself, you do need those days every couple of weeks where you just take a step back and say, "Are we, are we going in the direction that I sit there at the beginning of 2022 and make that plan as the way you want to to go? Are you going in that direction?" I guess has has the has the direction of the business always been the same, or has it kind of changed in terms of what you want it to be? If that makes sense. Yeah. So when I started, I didn't have a proper why. Yep. My why was just that I wanted to do something that, that left a lasting mark, kind of like putting my flag in the ground, if you like. This is, this is something I can be proud of. That was it. But it was only once I started, um, I paid for some training with a guy called uh, Dave Lewis. I don't know if you know him. And he's a really nice guy. And um, I felt like I needed to understand a bit more because the company that I was using to help me, they had nothing like nothing apart from the basics. You know, it was like it was all, it was like the Aldi of recruitment funding. You know that that's how it felt like. You know, you'll get a, you'll you'll get all the basics, but anything more, that's not what we do. Apart from you know, take the money out of your pockets. Um, so so I couldn't I couldn't really um, go to them with this type of stuff, and I went to Dave Lewis. And um, as soon as I started earning some money from from clients, and we sat down and we did this whole thing where we, we he we really took the time for me to understand what it is I was trying to do with the business, and nobody had really like made me think like that. And then once I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about everything I'd learned in recruitment and everything that other companies were doing wrong and and how I wanted to positively impact the industry then it then then it just became like a whole big thing for me it became my whole reason for for our shoes like but I didn't start out like that you know uh, I started out just wanting to do it for myself earn a bigger percentage of my money um and and not have to answer to people which, Which I think is the journey that most people go on, isn't it? And and I think it's, it either takes you a couple of months to realise that you, you you want to understand a bit more about why you want to do it, or it takes you a couple of years before you start asking the questions that I'm sure yourself and those peers around you certainly did. I mean, I, I appreciate it was a long time ago, but do, do you remember the types of questions that you started asking yourself to kind of eke out really why you wanted to do it and what you were hoping to do? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just like, I, can't, I, I mean, I have, I have the questions. I can't remember them all, if I'm honest, but it was all, it was all about like, you know, you, you, what is your why and why is that so important to you? And, and you know, what, what's your reason for, what's your reason for wanting to, 
what what's the impact that you want to have in your market and why do you want to have that impact i can't remember the exact questions but but the answers that came from it for me um was i saw myself as a david against the goliaths and i've like jose Mourinho used to do with with the the chelsea team you know everyone's against us everyone's against it's us against the world kind of attitude and i i just wanted to embarrass the bigger agencies that i compete with yeah um which i do on a daily basis now and it's it's so mental to see that these companies have got all this money all of this gravitas and they don't get the basics right they don't care about the people that, yeah. they're, that they're recruiting and I couldn't get my head around it. Like the, it's almost like the bigger the company, the more wanky it gets. And the less pathetic, isn't it? And it certainly is one of those things that I mean we see and have seen over the last couple of years, especially that empathy for one of better phrases is certainly something that drives so many people as to why they want to do it. They'd have been doing it for years for someone else and they take little nuances, but ultimately they wanna they, they want to be that empathetic recruiter that can actually deliver what they say they're going to do. And I'm sure for yourself, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it comes across in, in everything that I've seen on you know, content wise, the way that it obviously translates for yourself in terms of billings. I mean, have you, are you, without prying too much, are you, are you, are your billings now better than they were employed because of the freedoms that you've given yourself? Working yeah. Yourself? I mean, so last year I did two, seven, three i think it was so that broke my record which i was really happy with um i was i was really happy to break the record but i was also very disappointed because i learned something about myself last year um i started to i got i, I got to 250 very very quickly like um, in comparison to what i expected i think it was like august or september i was on 250 and i was like I've got this nailed. I set a target of 300. I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to easily do it. And I got over the 300 and then I had a, a couple of dropouts. And I just let, I let, I let, I let the, what's the word I'm looking for? I just, I just let myself go a little bit. I yeah. started, started like money was coming in. I was feeling good. And um, I, I just started like working 27 hour weeks and like, all of that sort of stuff. And um, I just went too far the other way and I wasn't as focused. And, you know, it was a massive regret for me. My missus was like, you should be very, very proud of what you've done. That's such a good thing to go from there, from from 90-odd to 270. And I was like, I appreciate why you would think that, but I just feel nothing but disappointment because I've shown that I've got weaknesses as as a man as a, in self-discipline and motivation and I need to deal with those which I have I've dealt with them and now I'm like you know the first part of this year I'm on like 70 odd grand already you know my ratios are through the roof I'm working the hours that I need to work and you know but and you know, it's that, but it's that self-awareness isn't it uh, again you know it, it, it always happens for, for different people at different stages within their their entrepreneur of one of better phrase journey isn't it that you become suddenly self-aware and the level of accountability that you need when you're running something for yourself and I guess again uh, how how did you change your kind of mindset how did you become more accountable how did you become more disciplined yeah I mean it so holding the disappointment that I felt um knowing that I let myself down also 
me and my missus have got big plans in terms of like uh, property um, yeah. you know, in, where we live in, in France. So like we wanted to kind of have enough money to enable Angelique to stop working with clients because all the rich clients she worked with were just tossers a lot of the time. And, you know, she, she wanted to do it for herself, you know, so buy properties, you know, um, at a, a good rate, completely renovate them, make them into amazing properties and then rent them out. And in order for her to do that, she needed to drop clients. So in order to pick up the slack, I need to, I need to, I need to earn more to help her, um, which, which, you know, now, now I'm doing that. And, you know, she's got the runway she needs now to confidently drop a few clients. She's just bought her first property. She's now renovating that and, you know, everything's going in the right direction. So I, I guess, I guess understanding, I, I guess, you know, working on why, what my goals were, what, what my goals are, what my disappointments were, um, and obviously having that added self given pressure to help like us as a couple to be even stronger in the future. Um, I felt, I felt like year one was just me kind of getting dropped into a pool and learning how to swim. Year two was right. I can swim now. This is pretty easy. I'm going to do some backstrokes and blah, 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 but not actually taking it seriously. And then this year it's like, right. Okay. So I've had a good year. But I can see, I can see so many areas where I could have done better. Yep. Um, and when you realise that, and you vocalise it to yourself, and you vocalise it to the people around you, it's like, right, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making these commitments. This is what I'm going to do. Hold me to it. And you know, that that was it, really. Yeah. So when you when you make those commitments, whether it be personal landmarks or obviously the the, the billing side of things, the professional side, who who do you? Who do you chuck them around with? So is it more just yourself and your partner or do you have people around you professionally that you say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z this year, make sure that I do it? Yeah, no, my ideas typically um, are my ideas. Um, I have a couple of clients that I kind of talk to about, about the ideas. You know, like, um, for instance, I'm, I'm currently, well, I've got a meeting next month to speak to my web guys because I want to build a complete CV building app that, that um, from scratch that, that kind of is everything that everyone would really want in an app to build a perfect tech CV, you yeah. know, and I've, I, I implemented a guide, a, a CV building guide um, last year. Cool. And some of the CVs that I've had back since putting that guide together, have just been amazing. The types of CVs where the clients automatically wanting to interview somebody the minute they see it and not only that they're like honestly i think this could be the one do you know what i mean like and and so that first impression of the cv is so important and so many tech candidates don't understand the power of doing a cv correctly and now i've had some success with that i want to make that as easy as possible for them not just people who I'm working with, but any recruit, any any software developer or tech candidate out there, you know, so I'm merging this guide with this perfect tech CV building app that they can use whenever they want. It's got beautiful templates and they can do it for free, you know, because that's me giving back to the industry that I'm trying to change. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, in, in terms of the industry, I mean, how, how what what made you have you? Is it always been the tech industry that you've been in? So the last eight years, and obviously the last two with Oddshoes, has always been tech. Yeah, I mean, it started out um, with defence companies and um, doing doing like C plus plus embedded development, some electronics. That's what I kind of learned, but I, I kind of enjoyed I enjoyed like .NET a lot more and and moved into that basically. So it's always it's always been software development, but I'm picking up now. Uh, you know, I'm getting like head of development, CTO roles, project manager roles all sorts you know bigger ticket roles if you like you know some placements worth 20 grand you know which which obviously helps a lot well i was about to say yeah do you do you i mean do you have a preference as to the type of roles that you like to work on um i mean i don't love tester roles if i'm honest yeah <laughs> um, because you get so many applicants and it's like the applicants they're supposed to be there to do quality assurance aren't they but it's like the applicants don't actually read the advert don't look don't at the quality assure themselves yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. so so i have to sift through a lot of crap to get to the good ones yeah. and it's just a bit more time consuming but i'll do it i mean if a client if uh, the way i see it is if if a, if a client of mine i've only got four maybe five now um if a client of mine has a need for something that I can deliver, I'm not going to let them down, you know, because it's, it's just, yeah, I'll do what yeah. I can, you know, but obviously I have my preferences. My preferences are dev roles and head of roles because, you know, but since since going out of, out of agency and going into my own agency, my average fee's gone up by, I think it was on seven four uh, seven thousand four hundred, and now it's just over ten thousand in the last year. So, so, so I'm having, I'm actually you no know, now. I'm now I'm focused on a lot more of the senior type stuff, which I think COVID has had a big impact on anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because companies are more reluctant to take on juniors because they've got to train them remotely and they've not set up for it. So they want they want seniors who can come in and make a big impact, which I completely disagree with. But obviously, you know, I've got to work the roles I've got, you know, and all I can do is advise. Yeah, and, and in terms of obviously the the, the uplift in the fees that Oddshoes have been able to demand, how, how did that kind of come about? So was that you just kind of drawing a line in the sand saying, no, our fees are going to be higher and these are the reasons why? Or, I mean, how, surely was that quite a challenging conversation to have? Because I'm thinking, okay, you start something for yourself, you, you're out there on day one, and also you're going to be charging perhaps more than... Bob Smith down the road and they've been going for 10 years. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with what you're doing. I just want to understand that the, the Yeah, there was a journey with this. I mean, so one of the clients that I was working with when I was working for that company, and I yeah. negotiated to take some of my clients with me before I left. So I managed, you know, they were pretty oh, okay. good about that. Because those yeah. clients only wanted to work with me and it would it was pointless forcing them to work with the old agency when they didn't want to, you know. So luckily we managed to negotiate something. Um, and one of those clients, um, I didn't, I didn't negotiate fees. It was fifteen percent. The, the, you know, but I'd managed, I'd managed to turn that into a real good client. I'd made like twelve placements that year with them. So I basically said to the HR manager, "Look, you know, I'm happy to take you on as a client, but only if I get paid what I'm worth. Obviously, you've seen over the last year what I'm capable of doing from nothing." You know, and and I just want to be paid what I'm worth. I'm not looking for crazy money, you know, a couple of percent up. 
because you've got a volume of roles. Yeah. But it's just you showing me that you value what I do. She said no. Um, I dropped them as a client. Yeah. That was the first big decision that I made. That was like shit. How early on, sorry, how early on was that then? So you're saying no to a client, how early on? Week one. God, that is early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so no, yeah. I was like, in my head, I was like, if I if I take this client at 15% now, yeah, I'm gonna be doing that for my whole career. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I've got to draw that line in the sand, I've got to be strong and hope that it works out. Yeah. Because my principles are important and I want to be paid what I'm worth because I'm gonna do far, far more for these clients than I ever could when I was in agency. Yeah. I'm gonna invest so much money in tech and all these different portals and, and microsites and every, everything, all these different things that I've done. And I just wanted them to see the value. So they didn't, I dropped them um, and they came back to me last March. Literally back. I, I didn't even know they'd come back to you, but I bet they did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, HR, HR manager left. Yeah. HR manager left, CTO got in touch, said, look, it's been a shit show since you left. Um, we really need help. HR manager's gone. What fees do you need? I didn't, I didn't drag him over hot coals. I just asked for 18% and 3% extra. Yep. He agreed. Exclusivity. Yeah, making many placements with them now. And I just wish they would have done that a bit sooner. But, you know, say, yeah. I, I guess in their week one, saying no to a client that obviously you've worked with for a, a very long time, did, did, you, did you ever kind of question the, the, the rationale behind things like that? And I'm not saying that you should have, but did you ever sit there and think, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't because I was so set in my head of how I, how, how, what my value was as a recruiter um, because of the previous year that I'd had. But I spoke to a couple of clients about what I was about to do. They advised me not to. Um, and I went and did it anyway. Yeah. And it was the right decision because, it, you know, there's been a couple of clients. I've only got one client I work at lower fees with, um, and that's because they're a big brand. I, I want to work with them. I, I buy into them as a business, and they give me a volume of roles. That's that's the one that I, I started working with last year. And, you know, they've, they've already, I've already filled, like, nine people with them, and they've got, like, 16 in the first quarter this year, and I've got exclusivity on dev roles. So, you know, I can handle it. You know, you've got to look at it from that perspective but I think with that other company I just didn't feel valued yeah and that was the biggest thing it was like if I if I take this on yeah it will make me money yes it will help me in the early stages but I won't be happy with myself because they don't value what I do yeah and that was more important to me than 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 the money please yeah yeah which which again is is a very confident and assured position to be in especially obviously given the stage that the business was in itself of course and, and I guess kind of touching upon that in general so so you moved from from your previous companies obviously odd shoes and do we didn't how, how did the clients react to what you were doing were they surprised that you did it or were they hounding you oh, to for, for years prior yeah no they weren't hounding me to do it but they they they, they, they knew they knew that it was going to happen one of my one of my best clients who's a, who's a good friend of mine now um like um yeah he he was he was saying to me like 
you know, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be working for people long. And it was those little comments that kind of made me think, well, maybe he's right, you know. And he, he, he kind of mentored me a little bit in a way as well. You know, he, he gave me a lot of value to help me feel confident to make a change as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, no, and yeah, I, I get it. And I guess you know, in terms of obviously the the journey that you've been on. It, Obviously, at the moment, it's 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 you doing what you're doing. Growth-wise, I mean, obviously, the, the numbers are gonna gonna keep going in the direction that I know you, you hope they do. I guess you, was it ever on the cards to to build the business in terms of physically bring heads in, or was that never really part of the plan? Yeah, so I, I said to myself when I started the business, I don't want to hire anybody, but an opportunity came up to um, hire a good friend of mine who didn't have recruitment experience, but he'd been in sales, he was an actor, he'd been on TV and whatnot. So he's a confident guy. And I, I really, really thought that bringing him in, I could teach him everything that I know and get him to be as successful as I was. And I really, really wanted to. Um, and it was a mistake, you know, two, three months in, egos of our friendship and stuff and he he was very kind of you know I want things to be this way and I was like well this is the business that I'm trying to bring you know you've not got any experience in recruitment learn it my way first which I know works and then we'll start to be creative and you'll have the freedom to make some changes but after two or three months we realized it wasn't working I, I had to let him go and I was absolutely gutted oh, if I'm yeah, honest with you that must have been quite that must have been challenging on so many levels for you yeah he's killed the friendship if I'm honest and this is someone I, I was at acting school with when I was when I was like 10 12 years earlier and we built a really good friendship we used to live together and yeah but I guess you know um I apologized to him I took full responsibility for it I said I said to him you know I shouldn't have fired you it's my fault you know, regardless did you, of how, did you believe it was your fault? Sorry, did you believe it was your fault? Well, I made I, I've I learned to take responsibility for what I can take responsibility for. Everything else is up to him to think about and 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 uh assess. And if he feels like he should take responsibility for the way he acted, that's on him. But yeah. for me, the very first decision was me impulsively saying to a friend of mine come and work with me, it's going to be great, I'll get you to do this. And I built, I, I tried my hardest, I built this whole training and development platform, which I put so much content on of everything I've learned, and I was going through it with him, and he was getting it, and I, I still feel he's going to be a great recruiter, but it was just not right. And it made me realise I'm not, I'm not a great leader of people. Um, I'm very good at what I do. But I'm not a great leader of people. I don't enjoy it. I don't. I don't enjoy like having to. And I did this at Mexa as well when I was at Mexa, the previous company. They they made me a team lead, and the guy who I was managing was playing the political game with with you know he was he was listening to me and then he was taking advice from the directors because they're directors and it went against the advice I was giving him and even though I was the only one doing as much billing as, 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 as there was in the business, you know, I felt it should, it should be my advice he was taking, but he was, he was cozying up to the directors. And I just didn't like that whole, and I, I was losing, I was losing time. 
I was losing, um, you know, not being able to deliver to my clients as well. And I realized, you know, through that and also through hiring my yeah. friend, yeah. that actually delivering to my clients and the candidates that I deal with is far more important than, than anything, you know. And I just looked at it and thought, you know what, like, how much money do I actually need in life? Like, I was just about to say, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I, I could build the business. I could. I know I could. If I hired, if I hired experienced recruiters who know what they're doing, who want to do things in the right way, I know that I could. But realistically, I could, I could probably do four fifty five hundred per fees in a year on my own. I've got the capacity to do that if I'm, if I just really nail my time management and nail the efficiencies with the right tech in the right places. I know that I can I can do that on my own. So if you're bringing that into your business, obviously you're investing a lot in and you've got to pay a lot of tax, especially living in France. But, you know, you can still earn a good enough living there to, to, to be comfortable. And yeah. if your business is doing okay, what, what more do I need? So I just thought to myself, no, I'm not going to do that again. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I mean, never say never. Obviously, you know, you never know Do you what happens in the future. But, but yeah, my mindset at the moment is just be the best one-man recruiter, one-person recruiter that, that the UK has ever seen. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, and I think, again, that there is a perception that, that, you, have, that you have to grow. The, 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 that, that's the definition of kind of, you know, for want of a better phrase, success with these things, that it's having five guys doing the same that you could do on your own, but because you've got five guys there, it's, it's, it's more successful. Yeah. And obviously, Sometimes it's an ego, it's the ego yeah. thing, isn't it? And that's certainly one of the reasons why I hired Andy, because I wanted to give the perception that my business was a successful business. Yeah. But then after, you know, last year I read a book called uh, Company of One. I don't know if you've heard of it at all. So who's that voice here? I remember now, but um, yeah, company <laughs> oh, uh, you'll find it, yeah. Um, and what I learned from 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 that is, is that like success doesn't have to be the typical growth. It can be success can be um, like giving your clients and your candidates an experience that they're not going to get anywhere anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Success can be improving the quality of your processes to, to deliver. Like at the moment this year, so far, I've sent out, I've got the stats somewhere. Um, I mean, for instance, like last year, you know, I sent out 274 CVs and I, and I got 150 interviews from that, which was 54, 54.7. Now I'm told that that's that's a good ratio. Most clients tell me anything from ten to thirty percent is realistic. But already this year, I've sent fifty-one CVs. I've got thirty-eight interviews out of those fifty-one CVs, which is seventy-four point five percent. So for me, like um, growth is improving the ratios, improving the brand, um, making more of a positive impact on recruitment. That's growth for me. Now, um, you know, obviously making more money will come as a, as a result of that anyway, you know, but, you know, but that's, that's what we, and I think that's what you, you try and really, we spoke about at the beginning in terms of educating and, and creating this idea of what really it means to, to run your own thing and the metrics that are important with these things. And I think you're absolutely right in terms of at the end of the day, 
if, if, you, if obviously, because you were saying the metrics for yourself are so important, if you're seeing those metrics progress in the way that you want them to over the next couple of years, then those KPIs for your business mean that when you're having a fantastic day or when you're having a, a nap day, which we all do, you go back to those metrics and say, well, am I doing better than I was last week? And if I am, we're pushing in the right direction. It doesn't yeah. matter if I've had a, a, a tough day. I guess that, on, on the, the slightly more pessimistic side of things, I, I mean, you might not, but, but have you had really tough days or tough periods over the last couple of years or, or, or again, not so much? Um, I mean, obviously I've had disappointments that, that early, Simon earlier in his recruitment career would be absolutely catastrophic. Yeah. But I've learned to get over disappointment very quickly, uh, like within 10 minutes. So, um, yeah. you know, if I, if I lose a 15 grand placement, because, because I've, I've got exclusivity and the clients are, are really wired into the way I do things, yeah, I lose that. But, but what I've lost, I've, what's actually happened is that client has not taken on a candidate that wasn't right for them or that candidate hasn't taken on a job that's not quite right for them. So really, I'm still feeding into the, the whole goal of the business, which is to improve recruitment, you know, yep. making sure that the right people go to the right jobs and vice versa. So I don't, if I lose a 15 grand deal, which I've done uh, this morning, <laughs> and uh, I did, I lost one last week that I thought was going to be really like 100%. Um, but really what that, what that is, is, is an opportunity for me to do even better for that client or for that candidate and make sure I make the match even even better, you know, and, and that's the way I see it now. So I don't really find tough times anymore. Um, it's just, well, I think that, that you know, 10 minute rule is interesting, isn't it? If you can yeah, live, live with it for 10 minutes and then kind of not get over it, but, but know that it's all part of a wider, wider kind of thing that you're doing in the next couple of years. And I think you, you mentioned something that was quite interesting in terms of the, the, the Simon of old would have dealt with those things in a slightly different way. And I'm guessing over the last couple of years, obviously you as a person have changed, as I know you mentioned yourself. I guess as, as a recruiter, you know, listening to this and, and thinking about the idea, probably similar to yourself prior to starting Altitude, thinking about the idea of doing it for themselves. And I'm sure you get the question all the time. I mean, what would, what would your advice be to someone who is thinking about starting something for themselves? Yeah, um, I think, I think so. Yeah, this, I mean, there's something that I would be very, very um, careful about. And again, touching on what, so obviously, like, I, I know that Isotope, like, as, a, as a, a recruitment company funder, you know, you do a really good job. I know that I see from the content and the effort and the people that you've hired as well from yeah. the company. I see the type of company you're trying to build and I know for a fact that you'd be a good a good place to go to if I was doing it again. But I didn't make that decision, uh, unfortunately. I went with um, I went with someone else, didn't I? And you know, this this company kind of like we, we touched on earlier on, they they kind of paint this picture of like, you know, you can't do it without us, blah, blah, blah. And six months in, like there was no no real account management. There was no one trying to help me grow the business or trying to help me be a, to learn how to be a businessman or how to be an entrepreneur. It, it was kind of like, you know, here's all the basics that you need to do your job. Um, if you want anything else, you've got to pay for it yourself, but you've still got to pay us your 16, 17, 18, 12, whatever percentages, you know, and, 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 and that's that. Yep. So, but at the, at the start of it, they kind of told me, 
yeah, you know what's going to happen. Um, we're going to bring you in. And, you know, we're, it's a four-year contract, which is stupidly signed. And um, I, I, during that four years, we're going to help you grow the business and be really successful and teach you everything you need to know. So I was like, okay, well, that seems like it's going to give me a lot of value. Um, and ultimately, I've never run a business before, so I might as well do it because it helps me to get started. Luckily, I didn't take any, I didn't let them take a piece of my business. I just let them take a percentage of my billions to do that. And then they paid for a lot of the, the stuff up front, you know, like the tool, the tools that I'd use, like LinkedIn Recruiter and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, but the, I mean, one of the biggest lessons that I've had from that was after six months, I was kind of like, well, I know how to run a business now. Yep. but I want to get better what can you do to help me and it was kind of like nothing really like yeah there's this you know we've got this uh training thing that you can go on like I can't remember what it's called like some training platform I was like well, that's that's not really what I was looking for I'm actually looking for someone to mentor me to be better um you know I've got the potential to really, really do great. And I need someone, because I've never done this before, I need someone who's going to help me on that journey, you know, which is going to benefit both of us because the more money I make, the more money you make. Um, and they were just like, you know, over the over six months, over 12 months, I had these, common, these conversations with them. I kept asking them what they were going to change, what they were going to improve. And then, and then eventually they just said, look, you signed an agreement. This is the agreement you know, ultimately it's not up to you to tell us what we should be doing for you. And it was at that moment I realised, fuck, I've been had over completely. Like, like they're going to earn about 120, 150 grand out of me in the next, in the next three years and they're going to do nothing for it. And yeah, you know, obviously at the time when I did it, I didn't know much about running a business and I just, so anyway, so I've had to I've had to spend like I had to borrow uh last year 50, 50 grand uh to buy myself out of that contract. Um and I had to pay 65 back and I did it. I've just finished the payment in, in December. So I guess the biggest lesson that I would I would give to someone joining is have your eyes wide open. Yep. Don't just think about the impulsive decision of setting your own business up on whatever you need to do to do it, do it. Yep. Actually think, is this person who I'm doing it with, um, I, I'm not expecting, I wouldn't expect that they've, they've only got your best interests at heart because obviously it's a business and you're trying to make money, of course. But, you know, as I do in recruitment, I have equally as much as I have my best interests at heart, I also have the best interests of the clients and the candidates all equal completely. Yeah. And without any one of them, it doesn't work. So it's the same with this recruitment startup, you know, funding and, and stuff like that. You know, they've got, they've got whoever you go with, you know, if you're going to go with someone, which if you find the right partner is a good idea because yeah. it takes a lot of stress away at, in those early days but make sure you choose correctly, make sure you choose the right partner and make sure that they are not just delivering some, some tech up front to help you get started, but they're also going to help you longer term. You know, they're going to add value in year two, in year three, in year four, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of the mistake that I made really. And uh, 
yeah, it was a big, it was a big one, but also, you know, it's my proudest moment is paying that final part of the 65 grand, um, which I only borrowed in April, I think it was, and I paid it back by December. So I was really proud of that, you know, borrowing 50 grand, imagine. Like, a lot. Never, owned, never owned a house. So I understand, you you know, houses are a lot more expensive, but I'd never owned a house at the time. And actually saying to somebody, can you borrow 50 grand to me, please? And you'll get 65 back. Like, I'd never even seen, I'd never even seen a grand when I was growing up. So that was mental for me. And, uh, yeah, and I think you, you touched upon a good point, Daniel, in terms of the, the advice around someone looking to do it for themselves, because there are, in, in a good way and a bad way, in some respects, 101 ways to start and run your own agency. And there's, there's 101 ways that you can be supported by it or not type thing. Um, I think doing, doing your research is probably the, the number one, isn't it? And I think another one that obviously has been so clear throughout this entire conversation is the fact that once you commit to, to what you're doing, i.e. what you've been doing over the last couple of years, you just commit. I mean, you, you mentioned it halfway through in terms of saying you were never, never going to go back and work with someone else after you did it. And I think yeah. mentally being able to do that makes the, the trickier times, albeit obviously I know it's been fantastic for you for the last couple of years, a little bit more manageable because you know there is no going back. It's just, well, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. How can I push forward? Yeah. No, but I, but I, want to be, I, I want to be clear on something. I mean, the industry that you're in, Max, and what Isotope do, like it's like it's almost like recruitment in a way because there's these bad apples out there who are delivering absolutely nothing and taking absolutely everything and really taking advantage of recruiters need to set up their own business um and it's a shame that really good companies like yours might get tired with that brush and that's a really unfair thing, you know. And just like, just like I get tired I say, yeah, yeah. of my competitors, and it's 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 such a shame. But uh, you know, the advice I give is there are companies out there like yours who will help people to do the right thing and will equally have their best interests at heart and will put the right things in place. Just have your eyes open and make sure that you you know you take the right advice to do that. And the other thing I wanted to say as well is, is, is be really, really clear about why, before you start, think about why you want to start an agency. What difference you actually want to make with that agency? Is it just to make money? Because I think that's not a strong enough reason. You know, have a really important why and, and think, why is that why so important to you? And then build everything that you do in your business, every bit of branding, every process, build it towards that why achieving your goal you know yeah. which for me was was the David and Goliath it's calling bad practice out and changing the way people see recruiters it's taking recruitment to the next level doing things that other recruiters don't do helping people change lives you know being proud of yourself and and also inspiring other recruiters to want to change the industry which is one of the main reasons why I do it which I think that that latter point was one that from from the, the level of content that you produce and the the, the kind of the, the voice that comes through that content, um, it, you're obviously you're obviously doing it. So so no no hats off to yourself. So I think you know it's admirable what you've done over the last couple of years, and obviously I appreciate you taking the time to to talk us through it. So no no I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. No worries.